Welcome to another edition of the 49er Way podcast. Don't forget to give the 49er Way a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. On today's episode, we have a lot to get to as we recap a very busy week two in the NFL. We will get to all the injury news 49ers related and around the league. We'll also recap the 49ers blowout victory over the New York Jets and look ahead to their second game of the New York series against the Giants. We will look back at some storylines from week two and look ahead to some huge games in week three. And lastly, we look at the results of the 49er Way Weekly Awards for week two, which you guys got to vote on this week and will vote on for every week going forward. Well, we start off with a long injury report for the 49ers this week. And really, it's been the story for the last three days of who's injured and who's gone for the year and who's out because it has been brutal and forget about covid the injury bug has been killing not just the 49ers but a lot of teams in the nfl but let's get to it the 49ers injury report brutal news and we'll start with the two biggest ones of the week nick bosa tore his acl in the first quarter and not even like Probably three or four plays after that, Solomon Thomas went down with also a torn ACL. Bosa and Soli are both out for the year with torn ACLs. It's That's as tough as it can get. And we'll talk a little more about Nick Bosa in just a little bit. But to lose not one guy on that D-line, but two is massive. And obviously we know the talent that Nick Bosa has is... You you can't replace the talent that Nick Bosa has. And I think we all kind of saw it last year. And to have that go down and lose that in week two when this is a team that had Super Bowl aspirations coming out of the gate. And to lose a guy like that on defense is, is truly devastating. But we'll get a little more to that in a little bit. But then to lose Solomon Thomas was huge too. Because let's say we just lost Nick Bosa. That could have been a great opportunity for a guy like Solomon Thomas to get more reps and and break out. But you really have to feel for a guy like Solomon Thomas. His contract is up at the end of the year. This was really supposed to be a make it or break a year for Solly. Not really sure. Maybe that was his last snap in a 49er uniform. I have no idea. But you really just have to feel for Solomon Thomas. And this was a really big year for him. And of course, for Nick Bosa, a lot of people had him at Defensive Player of the Year. But we'll talk a little more about that in, in a bit. Continuing down the injury report, Raheem Mostert is out this week. He has the same injury as George Kittle, an MCL sprain. He will not play against the Giants on Sunday, but it most likely will return the following week against Philly. So pretty good news there. Tevin Coleman out this week with also a knee injury. Not really sure how many games, but he is supposed to miss more than just this Sunday. So a little bit unfortunate there. George Kittle is questionable this Sunday. Same thing as Raheem with the MCL sprain. He sat out last week's game against the Jets. Now, he is flying in from San Francisco to West Virginia where the Niners are staying in between the Jets and the Giants game. Having said that, it would probably be the right move to sit George Kittle out this Sunday considering how many injuries we had and of course all of the concerns about the MetLife Stadium turf. I think it would be beneficial for the Niners to just be cautious and especially with how Jordan Reed played. played. We'll get to that in a little bit as well. 
I think it would probably be best to sit George Kittle out on this one, but he is questionable. They are going to fly him into West Virginia, so we'll kind of see how the week progresses there. Jimmy Garoppolo went down with a high ankle sprain. He played through it in the first half, but obviously it was very evident that that ankle was bothering Jimmy G throughout that first half, but he gutted through it. Unfortunately, couldn't go in the second half. Nick Mullins took over, and it looks likely that Nick Mullins will start this Sunday against the Giants. Having said that, Jimmy G's ankle is not as serious as some may have thought. He is week to week, and hopefully we should get him back for week four against Philly. To be quite honest, Nick Bosa's injury obviously killed the most, but if we lost Jimmy G for more than just a little bit, I'd, I our season would be done. And I'd obviously, our chances at getting to the Super Bowl are significantly hit without Nick Bosa, but... If we lose our quarterback, I think we all know how that went in 2018 for us. We couldn't win a game for the life of us. Do we have a better team now? Yeah, we do. But, you know, it's just not the same. So I'm very lucky and very fortunate that Jimmy Garoppolo is not injured for a long... He's not out for a long term. He's just out for a few... Well, not even a few weeks. He's out. He might be out this Sunday. He might even play this Sunday. We'll have to see how the week progresses. But his ankle is not as bad as initially thought. Dre Greenlaw injured his thigh, don't know the status of that yet. DJ Jones injured his ankle, don't know the status on that either. D Ford was ruled out today with a neck and back injury. He did not play against the Jets. He will not play against the Giants. I am fearing that this is a similar injury that Jill and Hurd had last season that kept him out for the entire season. That would be tough. And for D Ford... I just I, I I don't have any words for this guy. He just always seems that he's not healthy. It seems like he wants to, but he's just never healthy, and that's a problem. And especially in a time right now where we obviously don't have DeForest Buckner anymore, we now don't have Solomon Thomas, and we don't have Nick Bosa. We really need a guy like D Ford on the edge. Obviously, we brought in Ziggy Ansah on a one-year deal this week to bring in for edge depth. But at the same time, we really need production out of D Ford. And if he's just getting injured all the time, I don't see the object I don't see the objective of keeping him on this team. I really don't. But we'll see what happens there. Hopefully it's not as bad as thought, but we really need D Ford on that defensive line, bottom line. And of course, we all know Richard Sherman was put on the IR last week. He should be back week five against Miami. Debo Samuel. Hopefully we could get back next week against the Philadelphia Eagles, which would be huge. And Ronald Blair, Weston Richburg, and Julian Taylor are all expected back off of the physically unable to perform list on week seven. Whew, that was a lot to get to. And there is so many starters on that list. I mean, you just you just can't script this kind of stuff. You You really can't. And obviously... The Niners got it the worst, but you saw it go through the National Football League. And we'll get to some of the other injuries around the league in a little bit. But this is just, it's just awful. And I think you have to be fortunate that obviously the only significant one is Nick Bosa losing for the year. But I mean, you you have to be thankful that no one else that got hurt on Sunday is out long term. I think that's just the only way to look at it because... There's no way else to look at it. You have no choice but to look at it in a positive manner. But I know some people have been looking at it as, oh, this is a lot like 2018 where so many guys got hurt. 
it definitely does feel like 2017, 2017 and 2018 where a lot of guys went down early, but this is a much more talented team. And it's funny because as I segue into that, it's ironic because of all these injuries that happened, the 49ers destroyed the New York Jets on Sunday. 31 to 13. Jimmy G went down at half. Raheem went down at half. Bosa was out in the first quarter. Solomon Thomas was out in the first quarter. We were down to... Richard Sherman didn't play. D. Ford didn't play. We were down to majority of our backups for most of that game in the second half. And we still shredded the New York Jets. If half of these injuries don't happen, the narrative would have been, oh, the 49ers are back in business. Look at them. They came back. They After their loss against the Cardinals, they bounced back. But because of all these injuries, no one's focusing on the fact that the Niners won a football game this week and they beat the Jets and they beat them very handily. Jordan Reed was sensational. Jarek McKinnon was also sensational. And also Jimmy Garoppolo was a lot more efficient than he was in week one. No one's talking about that because the narrative is switched because all these big names got hurt. That's the narrative, but no one's actually talking about the fact that the 49ers won a football game and they played really good. That's the interesting part of how the narrative was switched there. But I think, obviously, when you look at all these injuries, I'm not concerned about a lot of them, to be honest with you. But obviously, going back to Nick Bosa, and I said I would get to him again in a little bit. This is a big loss. And I think we have no choice but to be positive about it. And it's funny because it's almost like this is a a microcosm of this whole entire year. It's just been hit after hit after hit after hit. But we've had no choice but to just get up and look forward. This is another thing. The Niners have gotten smacked with injuries left, right, and center. But what, what can you do? What can you do? This is a team that we still have a lot of talent and we still hope to make the playoffs in a ridiculously stacked NFC West. There's just, there's no way else to look at it. And Nick Bosa, obviously we all know and we all get it. You can't replace the talent that Nick Bosa has. The guy is, as George Kittle said last year, is a cheat code. You can't replace a cheat code on defense. Our defensive line was our strength last year. And now we're going into Sunday's game against the Giants without Buckner, who's an Indy now. No Bosa, no Thomas, no Ford. All we have left from that defensive line last year in our starting lineup is Eric Armstead. I love Eric Armstead. He's a great player, but he cannot get to the quarterback by himself. It's tough luck. We're going to have to see what happens one game at a time. We're fortunate that we have the Giants 0-2, Eagles 0-2, and Dolphins 0-2 in our next three games. So we got a chance to maybe be 4-1, and and all of a sudden, wow, the Niners' record looks pretty good. The rest of our schedule is crazy. But hey, if we get Garoppolo healthy by then, Kittle healthy, Mostert healthy, Debo healthy, maybe things won't be so bad by then. You just got to look at it in the positive line. Like losing Nick Bosa sucks. It's a really huge loss, but I just don't think we have a choice to look at it in a way where it's all, why us? Why is this happening to us? Because so many players went down and we'll we'll continue and get to that. On to the, the Niners' victory um, some team notes from this game. They beat the Jets 31-13. to I saw right from the get-go, the energy and the swagger was there. Raheem Mostert 
went for an 80-yard touchdown on the first play of scrimmage. It reminded me of a house league football game I was watching on the first play, and we just smacked them right from the get-go. I'm like, okay, we're going to kill the Jets. The energy was there. The swag was back. The confidence seemed there from this team. Even on defense, even after losing Nick Bose and Solomon Thomas, the defensive line was still pretty good, and they were getting after it. It wasn't until later in the fourth quarter did they allow a touchdown when Shanahan took out all the starters. So overall, I could definitely see... The Niners got their swagger back. They were 7 for 13 on third downs, way better than they were a week ago. 182 rushing yards. The running game was a lot better. Jarek McKinnon was awesome. Raheem Mostert was fantastic before he got hurt. The Niners only turned the ball over once, and it was only because Jarek McKinnon missed the catch. It wasn't necessarily Nick Mullins' fault. That was Nick Mullins' first real rep because there was no preseason. So, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. And Mind you, if anyone has seen the highlight from Nick Mullins' interception, I don't think anyone even cared about the interception after what Trent Williams did to the guy that got the interception on New York. Absolutely threw him out of bounds. Disgusting. Trent Williams is just an honestly just such a beast. That, I'm pretty sure, caught everyone's eye more than the actual interception itself. The Niners won the time of possession. The drives were a lot more smooth, a lot more fluent. The drives ended in touchdowns four times on the day. They scored four touchdowns when they were in the red zone. They were a lot more efficient. They took care of business regardless of the injuries that happened. The Niners took care of business. They beat the team they're supposed to beat. Obviously, the turf was definitely a concern and a problem, but the injuries didn't just happen to the 49ers. They happened to almost every single team in the NFL had an injury this week. It was ridiculous, though. Obviously, the Niners got it the worst, but it wasn't just them. Overall, it was a good afternoon of football. It was just overshadowed by big-name players getting hurt, and it sucks that that had to happen because otherwise, the Niners won a very good football game, and they absolutely smacked the New York Jets around left, right, and center. To individual stats, Jimmy Garoppolo stepped it up huge. 14 for 16, 131 yards, two touchdowns, did not turn the ball over in the first half. Mind you, for a good amount of that time, he was hobbling around the pocket because he hurt his ankle early in the first quarter. I got to give it to Jimmy G. The guy gutted it out. He grinded it out, and he was fantastic. It's almost as if the ankle helped him get the ball out quicker. And I hate that that's the reason that made him get the ball out quicker, but it worked, and it did. And Garoppolo was very efficient. And I hope that that's something that he gets in the habit of, and the O-line continues to protect him a little bit. But Garoppolo was very good. That was a very good bounce back game. Typical of him, he usually gets off to a slow start in week one, but he usually bounces back in week two. Garoppolo did a hell of a job. And he also found a new target. He was hitting Jordan Reed majority of the time. And Jordan Reed said post-game that he wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to trust him and know that he has a reliable guy. Jordan Reed was sensational. Jordan Reed had seven catches for 50 yards and two touchdowns replacing George Kittle. The first thing that came into my mind after Jordan Reed scored that second touchdown was, thank God we have John Lynch as our general manager. Because getting Jordan Reed was a steal. An absolute steal to have a Pro Bowl tight end as our backup to one of the best tight ends of football. When George Kittle goes down, it should be, oh no, who's going to back up George Kittle? We're like, heck no, we got Jordan Reed. We're good. And he showed out and he played great. And the blowout helped because we didn't need to play him late in that second half. So we avoided an injury because I know that's the biggest 
thing for Jordan Reed is to protect him and make sure that he doesn't get hurt. Jordan Reed was awesome, awesome on Sunday. And I have, I think everyone feels so confident that if Kittle can't go on Sunday, we're going to throw Jordan Reed out there. He did a hell of a job. I mentioned Raheem Mostert, A rushes for 92 yards and a touchdown. This guy is killing it. His first two games, what did he had a 76-yarder against Arizona and then an 80-yarder against the Jets. Mostert is picking up exactly where he left off last season. The guy is absolutely killing it. I would say maybe not do the surfing celebration in the end zone on turf. That probably had something to do with his knee. Now I'm just joking. Raheem Mostert did a hell of a job. The guy's been fantastic and it sucks that he's missing this week. But thank God it's not a, you know, a, a massive injury or anything like that. He's also week to week. But we need Raheem back. The guy has been on another level these past few games. Jarek McKinnon. Now here's a guy who has, who honestly, no one really knew what to expect out of Jarek McKinnon because he's missed two seasons of football and there was no preseason. There was a really, it's been a really weird offseason. Jarek McKinnon's been awesome. What did he get ripped off like a 46 yard run on a, what was it? Second or third and 31. Like you got to be kidding me. Jarek McKinnon was awesome. He's going to be the lead back on Sunday. So we'll see how he fares against the Giants as the lead back. Him and Jeff Wilson will probably uh, switch reps and be the two-headed guys without Coleman and Mostert. But Jarek McKinnon has been awesome. Him and Jordan Reed have been really awesome stories. I've heard the Fox announcer say it multiple times in the past two weeks. You got to just be happy for Jordan Reed and Jarek McKinnon and their stories and their journeys of coming back. They've done a heck of a job. But yeah, Jarek McKinnon was awesome. Kendrick Bourne was great. Four catches for 67 yards. Brandon Ayuk in his debut, two catches for 21 yards. He wasn't totally involved, but he was involved a little bit. On the defensive side, obviously we lost a lot of guys. Fred Warner led the team in tackles with nine. Eric Armstead had a sack and a tip. Overall, again, it was a very good game by the Niners. Is it that amazing and impressive? No, because they beat the Jets. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and the Jets are a dumpster fire. So you got to get the job done. And since the same, I have the same expectation, whether Garoppolo or Mullen starts on Sunday, I expect the Niners to beat the New York Giants handedly again. Even without Nick Bosa on defense, I expect the Niners to win this game. Speaking of that, keys to the game, heading into the game against the New York Giants, the Giants have no Saquon Barkley, unfortunately went down with a torn ACL. You just hate to see it. They will also have no Sterling Shepard. I believe he is ruled out. If Nick Mullen starts this game, get him going early, get him in a good flow. The receivers got to help him out. Jordan Reed's got to help him out, get the run game going early. So if Nick Mullen's a start, you know what? I changed that. Even if Jimmy Garoppolo starts, help them out. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo goes, he's not going to be 100% healthy. So whether it's Nick Mullen's or Jimmy Garoppolo, Get them in a flow early. Receivers got to help out your quarterback and help them out and get plays going, get drives going. Get Jerick McKinnon and Jeff Wilson going early. Offensive line's got to help them out. On defense, get to Daniel Jones. No, no Nick Bosa, no Solomon Thomas, no problem for the 49ers defensive line this week. Yes, you heard it. No Sully, no Bosa, no problem. They should be able to get to Daniel Jones. I trust our defensive line going into this game with Armstead and Kinlaw, Kevin Givens, Kentavious Street, Kerry Hyder, Ziggy Ansah. I trust this D-line to get to Daniel Jones. This is a weak Giants team with no Saquon Barkley. It's Jason Garrett's offense. I mean, come on, guys. I know we can get to Daniel Jones and get to this and get to this offense. I'm not worried, and I think we'll be fine. So that's why I say 
I got no problems with that. Second last thing, forget the turf and take care of business. No excuses, no concerns. Take care of business. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And lastly, every game is important. It doesn't matter if you're playing the Giants or the Seahawks. We are in last place in the NFC West. I know it's only week two. We're one and one. But the rest of our division is 2-0. It is going to be a dogfight till the end to get into the postseason. Every game is important. And I say that because it's our division is insane. The Rams look really good. The Cardinals look really good. Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind crazy. And the Niners, we know what we can do when we're healthy. This division is an absolute gauntlet. So that's why I say every game matters. I don't care if you're playing the Giants. I don't care if you're playing the Dolphins or the Seahawks or the Saints. Every game matters. So I'm expecting this to be a big game. Got to take care of business. Niners will take on the Giants on Sunday, a one o'clock game. It's the last early game of the season. Thank goodness for thank goodness for that. So around the NFL in week two storylines, a lot happened. We'll start with the Thursday night game. Cleveland got back into the win column after getting demolished by the Ravens in their opener with a 35-30 win over Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for 215 total yards. Kevin Stefanski finally got that offense going. I think you saw what the Browns offense can do at their best. OBJ caught a touchdown. Baker looked better. The Browns looked decent. Let's see if they can keep that consistency going. Tom Brady got his first win as a Buccaneer with a 31-17 win over Carolina. And the game got a little closer later on. It was 24-17 late. But Leonard Fournette put the icing on the cake with a 46-yard touchdown run to win it and finish it off for Tampa. They finally got that first win under their belt. The Bucs will go to Denver next week, a place where Tom Brady hasn't hasn't fared well in his career. Could be an interesting there, thing there, but no Drew Locke, no Von Miller. Should be a win for Tampa. Ryan Tannehill, a very impressive win for the Tennessee Titans over the Jaguars, 33-30. He threw for four touchdowns. The Titans are 2-0. They look like the best team in that division right now. I thought the Colts were going to be the best team. There's still a lot of football to, to go. But that was a really impressive performance by Tannehill. Throw four touchdowns in that win. Titans are 2-0. The Dallas Cowboys were getting smacked and were the joke on Twitter for most of Sunday afternoon when they were down 20 to nothing to the Atlanta Falcons. They won 40-39. And once again, the Falcons blew another lead. And we will get to that later on. Greg Zerline, if you have not seen the highlights of the Dallas Cowboys game yet, you should totally see the last few minutes of that game. Greg Zerline had one of the craziest, coolest onside kicks you will see. He didn't put it on a tee. He literally put the ball just flat out on the ground and put one of the craziest spins and nobody picked it up until the Cowboys finally picked it up once it went 10 yards. It's one of the wildest things you will see, but the Cowboys somehow got it done. Dak was awesome through for over 450 or through four 450 yards. C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper both went for 100. Cowboys looked really good, barely squeezed it out. They got a tough one at Seattle next week. The Green Bay Packers continue to roll with a 42-21 win over the Detroit Lions. This is the second consecutive week. The Packers have dropped a 40-burger. They dropped, I think it was 42 or 43 against Minnesota, and they dropped 42 this week against the Lions. Aaron Jones was phenomenal, 160 yards. 
168 yards on the ground, and Matt LaFleur is now 8-0 against NFC North opponents since taking over Green Bay's head coach. Packers look scary. And maybe, get, I can't believe I'm even saying this because there's still so much football left. It's only two weeks. Maybe drafting Jordan Love wasn't a bad idea. After all, if Aaron Rodgers is going to play like this, Packers look really good. Speaking of the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings looked awful in Indianapolis. Only 113 passing yards for Kirk Cousins and 80 rushing yards. The Colts defense was sensational, led by our guy, DeForest Buckner had an awesome day for the Indies defense. He had a safety. And if you haven't seen his hit on Kirk Cousins after literally pancaking one of the Vikings O-linemen, it's disgusting. And it just makes me sad. And I wish he was in red and gold. But hey, kudos to my guy Defoe. I'm glad he's balling out with Indy. I knew he would do that. Colts got their first win with Phillip Rivers. But the Vikings are now 0-2. And maybe they're the team that made the playoffs last year that doesn't get in this year. Trouble in paradise for the Vikings. The Buffalo Bills are 2-0 for the second straight season with a 31-28 win over the Dolphins. Beating the Jets and the Dolphins in your first two games may not seem as impressive, but Josh Allen looked really good. 417 yards and four touchdowns. Josh Allen looked awesome. Awesome for Buffalo. And if he keeps that up, Buffalo, Buffalo could get somewhere. They have a good game against the Rams in Buffalo on Sunday. That should be a good one. Speaking of those LA Rams... They're 2-0 for the second straight year with Sean McVay. But is this a bigger deal? Is the Rams being 2-0 a bigger deal? Or the Eagles being 0-2 a bigger deal? The Rams smoked Philly 37-19 in Philadelphia on Sunday. The Rams were also 3-0 last year. And we all know how that ended. They ended 9-7. So a lot can happen from now till the end of the season. But Philadelphia 0-2. I'm a little surprised. I did not think that they would be losing to Washington and LA in their first two games. I thought those were both two easy wins for Philly. Philly does not look good. That's another team. Maybe some trouble in paradise there for Doug Peterson's squad. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 2-0. This was the team I've been hyping up all offseason in the AFC. They beat Denver 26-21. Obviously, Denver had the tough news of losing Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton. Both went down with injuries for Denver. But hey, Pittsburgh looks really good. That rookie, shout out to the Canadian boy, Chase Claypool, that guy is a stud. And the Steelers look really good. I cannot wait for that first meeting between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we all know how much of a classic rivalry that is. That rivalry is going to go crazy this year. The Arizona Cardinals are 2-0 after beating Washington 30-15. Another huge day for Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Cardinals continue to look really, really fresh. The Kansas City Chiefs came from behind to beat the Chargers in L.A., Justin Herbert got his NFL debut and he just found out he was starting literally seconds before the game kicked off. Anthony Lynn went to him because Tyrod Taylor had a rib injury in pregame. Anthony Lynn goes over to Justin Herbert just before kickoff and says, hey bud, you're starting. And Justin Herbert went out and played really well against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But the Chiefs, Mahomes did what he does best and the Chiefs ended up pulling it out in overtime Harrison Butker had to make three 50-yard field goals to win the game in overtime. He kicked it once. There was a false start. He had to kick it again. Then the Chargers called a timeout. And then he had to kick it a third time from 58 yards out. Won the game. Shout out to Harrison Butker. What a hell of a job. That is not easy to do. What a game that was. 
The Seahawks edged out New England in a thriller on Sunday night. Cam and Russell Wilson went at it in a classic duel on the heels of an and the Seahawks won the game on the heels of another huge performance by Russell Wilson. Five touchdown passes and they stopped Cam Newton at the goal line to end the game. Tables have turned. Patriots stopped the Seahawks in the Super Bowl at the goal line. This time, Seahawks stopped the Patriots at the goal line. And lastly, on Monday Night Football last night, the Las Vegas Raiders won their first game at home against Vegas against the Saints, 34-24. That one was a shocker. I did not expect that at all. Darren Waller was amazing. Josh Jacobs was great. And Derek Carr was really efficient. Is there trouble in paradise for the Saints? I don't know. Drew Brees hasn't looked that great. Alvin Kamara looked pretty good. A lot of penalties for the Saints defense. Then again, it's only week two. I'm not going to say an overreaction yet just because the Saints usually struggle at the beginning of the year, but then they end up catching their stride midway through the end of the year. Having said that, two weeks in, there are 11 teams that are 2-0. The Bills, Ravens, Steelers, Titans, Chiefs, and Raiders are 2-0 in the AFC, and the Packers, Bears, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams are 2-0 in the NFC. Obviously, we've seen from last year and many years before, you can't really tell. But I think when you really tell if a team's going to be really good is if they go 3-0. That we'll find out next week in some big games, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Injuries. We talked about it. We talked about all the injuries that happened to the 49ers on Sunday. But how about this for the rest of the league was absolutely brutal. Already heading into Sunday, Kenny Galladay missed on Sunday's game. Chris Godwin was out Sunday's game. Philip Lindsay was out with a toe injury. And Michael Thomas is already missing time with an ankle injury. These are just some, not even all, just some of the injuries that happened on Sunday. Drew Locke, I believe it was his shoulder he is out for Denver multiple weeks. Cortland Sutton, star receiver for the Broncos, out for the season with a knee injury. Saquon Barkley, obviously we know one of the best one of the best running backs in football, out for the Giants for the season with a torn ACL. Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in football, will miss four to six weeks with an ankle sprain. Malik Hooker, cornerback for the Colts, out for the year with an Achilles injury. Paris Campbell, out for the season with a PCL injury, receiver for the Colts. Bruce Irvin, torn ACL, gone for the season for Seattle. Whew, nope, list keeps going. Tyrod Taylor, ribs, week to week for the Chargers. Anthony Barr, starting linebacker for the Vikings, out for the season with an ACL. And Cam Akers, rookie running back for the Rams, will miss time as well. That was just a handful. It was, I have no idea what the reason or what the cause was for some of these injuries, but that was whack. The amount of injuries that happened this Sunday was absolutely all sorts of whack. Maybe it was no preseason, just training camp. I Nobody knows. But that was some crazy stuff. And a lot of fantasy teams got hit. My fantasy team got hit. I had Saquon Barkley and Cortland Sutton. Both are gone for the year. I mean, this was a season that we all had worries about players missing time with COVID and, and the COVID list. No, it's just been flat out injuries in week two of the NFL season. Unbelievable stuff. Like I said earlier, you just, you you have no choice but to just move forward with it and be positive about any situation. But my prayers go out to every single one of those players, 49ers or in the NFL, 
that all went down because some of these guys are great play. If you're a fan of the game, a lot of those guys that I just named are ballers. And it sucks to see those guys go down. And hopefully for the guys that aren't gone for the year, hopefully we'll rest up and get back soon. All right. Hey, let's go to week three's games. And then lastly, we will end it with the weekly awards. Games look for in week three. There are a few games that I picked out. There are some really good games in week three. The Rams are 2-0. They go to Buffalo and play the 2-0 Bills. I think that's going to be a great game. Goff and Allen are both playing great. Both defenses. Aaron Donald going against Josh Allen and that O-line. Trey White against Jared Goff. That's going to be a great game. I really do. I think that's a great game at 1 o'clock. Another game at 1 o'clock. The 2-0 Raiders go to face Cam Newton and the Patriots. And we all know John Gruden would love to go to Foxborough and beat Bill Belichick. And even if Tom Brady isn't there, the Raiders will get their chance to play Tom Brady later on in the season when they host Tampa. But they get to play the Patriots. And we know John Gruden would love to get a win in Foxborough and go to 3-0. and That would really send shockwaves throughout the NFL. I think that would be a really interesting game. That should be interesting there. 425 America's Game of the Week on Fox. The Dallas Cowboys go to Seattle. That should be a very, very good game. If Dak Prescott can keep up what he did last week going against Russell Wilson, that should be a duel and a half. Can't wait for that one. And the primetime games for next week, honestly, might be some of the best games of the entire season. Sunday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers go to face New Orleans. The Packers look, they look impossible to stop right now. And the Saints historically, this is an offense that should be able to keep up with Green Bay. That's going to be the thing to look for. Can Drew Brees keep up with Aaron Rodgers? Who would have thought? Going into this game, I would have said it would have been the other way around. Can Aaron Rodgers in this offense keep up with Drew Brees? Nope, it's the other way around. Craziness. Sunday night at the Superdome, that should be a great one. And then Monday night football, possibly an AFC Championship preview already in Week 3. Patrick Mahomes and the 2-0 Chiefs. Take on Lamar Jackson and the 2-0 Ravens on Monday night. That should be an awesome game. Must watch TV for sure. Can't wait for that one there. That's going to be great. So those are some games to look forward to in week three. A jam-packed week three. It's going to be good. Some really great games. So on to week two weekly awards, which I put it on my Instagram story yesterday and today. You guys got to vote on who you thought would won each award. So here we go. And we start with the Jerry Rice MVP of the Week Award. The candidates were Ryan Tannehill, 18 for 24, 239 yards and four touchdowns. He balled out. Josh Allen went 24 for 35, 417 and four touchdowns. Also balled out. Russell Wilson, 21 for 28, 288 and five touchdowns. And Aaron Jones, 18 carries, 168 yards rushing, and two touchdowns. This one came down to one vote. Your MVP of the week is Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers, who beat Russell Wilson by one vote. 26 votes for Aaron Jones, 25 for Russell Wilson. I mean, both balled out this week, bottom line. And the way Russell Wilson's looking, he's going to be a candidate for this award every week. But Aaron Jones, this guy is scary good in the passing game and the running game. And a lot of people forget about the impact that he has on this offense. Aaron Jones was awesome. He is my Jerry, he is our Jerry Rice MVP of the week for the 49er Way Weekly Awards. Aaron Jones balled out. 
to the Bill Walsh Best Team of the Week award. The candidates were the Tennessee Titans, 2-0, the Dallas Cowboys coming back from trailing 20-0, the Arizona Cardinals, who are 2-0, or the Buffalo Bills, who are 2-0 for the second straight year under Sean McDermott. The Bill Walsh Best Team of the Week award that you guys voted was the Buffalo Bills, who had 25 votes. The Arizona Cardinals came in second with 23 votes. The Bills, I listen, I if it were up to me, I would have said the Dallas Cowboys would have been the best team of the week because they were resilient and they were able to come back from that deficit and, and everyone had to play a role into that game. And even a little bit of luck at the end there. But hey, man, the the Bills, they're, they're really showing it. This defense has so much talent. Josh Allen was amazing. Stephon Diggs finally got in on the act. Zach Moss is looking good in that backfield, the rookie. And you got Singletary and some of those guys. This is a good team. And Sean McDermott's a great coach. I think the, I think the Bills and the Patriots, the way that the Patriots are looking right now, I, I think they're going to be there at the end. And the Bills play the Pats on Monday night in Week 16 in Foxborough. That's going to be an awesome game. But I do think the Buffalo Bills are definitely definitely deserving of this award for this week. The Bills have been great. And Sean McDermott, to have the Bills 2-0 for the second straight year, that is a huge achievement. Because before Sean McDermott took over the, for the Bills... They were straight trash. The Bills are one of the best teams in football right now, and they're playing like it. On to the Cody Pickett L of the Week. It was down to two candidates. The Minnesota Vikings offense, who were historically horrible, or the Atlanta Falcons back to their usual blowing lead ways. They haven't done it in a while, but they're back at it, blowing a 20-point lead. You guys voted the Atlanta Falcons, and it wasn't even close. 29 votes for the Falcons one vote for the Vikings offense. Oh boy. The Atlanta Falcons, I mean, this is such a good team on paper. But I'm sorry, you can't blow a 20 to nothing lead on the road. And then the even worse was the onside kick. Who cares about the lead? The fact that the onside kick, and now of course you can't see it with me just explaining. You need to see it. Literally, the Atlanta Falcons special teams stood there and watched the ball spin. They didn't run at it. They didn't jump on it. They they literally stood in a circle and looked at the ball spin. It was it, it was hysterical and I I'm more than sure that today or yesterday whenever the Atlanta Falcons special teams hit the practice field, they were running suicides. Because that was bad. With the game on the line and you allowed that and then you lose. Oh man. And then on top of that, you have to deal with Twitter and all that stuff. Bringing out the whole 28-3 to stuff. And Oh man, it's, it's, it's tough to be a Falcons fan. And now guess what? Even worse, you're 0-2. Brutal for the Atlanta Falcons. They are the Cody Pickett L of the Week Award winners for Week 2. Lastly, Raheem Mostert Surprise, Surprise of the Week Award. The candidates were the Chicago Bears, surprisingly 2-0. They've only beaten the Lions and the Giants. Eh, you know, it's it's not a big deal. They played those trailing Falcons on Sunday. That should be an interesting game. Arizona is 2-0. They beat the Niners week one, very impressive. They beat Washington this week, not as impressive. They're supposed to beat them. Justin Herbert, his debut was very, very good. 311 yards, a touchdown and a pick. And then the Las Vegas Raiders 2-0 beating the Panthers week one. But then the Saints on Monday night, 
you guys voted the Las Vegas Raiders as the surprise of the week with 19 votes. Justin Herbert came in second with 17 votes. I thought Justin Herbert was definitely a big surprise because you are being told you are starting your NFL debut just seconds before the game is starting against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But I got to tell you, his offense helped them out and his defense really helped them out. And, and they gave it all they could. Patrick Mahomes is just too damn good when it comes to those times. But back to the Raiders. I was very impressed. And I totally don't disagree with them being the surprise of the week. To be 2-0 and then beating the Saints, that was mad impressive. But hey, they have the Patriots in Foxborough. And then I believe they have the Bills the week after that. We're really going to find out what the Vegas Raiders and John Gruden are made out of there. The Raiders are the Raheem Mostert Surprise of the Week Award winners sitting at 2-0. and oh. And last but not least, my survival pick of the week. I like the LA Chargers over the Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Denver beating the Broncos without Drew Locke, Corlin Sutton, and Von Miller. That is it for this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. And we will see you next week.